First Peter chapter one and verses ten through twelve. And we're gonna be looking at celebrating, celebrating salvation. We have just celebrated the birth of the Savior. We have given enough attention. Have we given enough attention to salvation? We've given a lot of attention to the Christ child being born of a virgin, which is all true. Very solid, solid doctrine there. It is a, he was born perfect in every way. He was God in the flesh. We established that the Lord Jesus had the cross on His mind even when He was lying in the manger. We established that as well. But one of the things that we need to really realize that we did not celebrate the birth of a philosopher. We celebrated the birth of a Savior. Too many times we look at, uh, we hear people say that Jesus is a good man or a prophet. He is. He spoke words of wisdom. But folks, this morning I can assure you that He is God. I want to say it again. I can assure you that Jesus is God. And as, as we come into this celebration that we celebrate as the birth of a Savior, not a philosopher, any celebration of the Savior must include the celebration of salvation. Because that's why He came in the first place. Too many times we get caught up with the, the, the manger scene and the way it's all set up and everything. We get caught up in, in that scene, and that's important. But may I say this, the wise men are not as important as Jesus. May I say the shepherds are not as important as Jesus. It doesn't matter whether it was cows present, sheep present. What matters is the Savior of the world has come. So many times we give so much on tradition and the traditional things of Christmas, we forget the purpose in the first place. Salvation is why He came, and that's what we need to celebrate. That's the most precious gift that a man could, or woman or child could ever have, is salvation. You see, because here's the thing. People don't like to hear it, but there is a heaven, there is a hell. It's real. Both, both places are real. Now, some people say, and I heard you, I heard you say this this morning, that it's been said that, well, I want to go and party with my friends in hell. That's not a party that I want to be part of. But let me tell you, the ultimate party that we're going to have is in heaven. When we are bowing down and worshiping at the Savior's feet and singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He deserves all our praise and worship and honor. Yes, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Now, well, you know, it's unfortunate that your mom would say that. Because here's the thing, when people are blind, don't know what the real heaven's like, and they don't want to know what the real heaven's like when they're blinded by that, they see exactly what your mama sees. They see a skewed vision of heaven. But heaven, honey, 
I can honestly tell you, heaven is not hell. Heaven's a place where you will not cry anymore. You will not have sickness nor pain. You'll be made whole. Because that's where Jesus is and that's where He reigns. And he, and he has promised those very things in Scripture. And I can assure you, Georgia, that with Christ you can be made complete. Despite what anybody says, Christ is the completeness. He is the total package. He's the real deal. So with, I'm glad you asked that question, but you know what? Rest assured that heaven's a place you want to be. Hell is not a place you want to be. Because hell, when people think, oh, it's going to be a, a party down there. They're going to be so focused on their torment that they're not going to be focused on anybody else. Do you really think, and, and I know I'm talking to the choir here because a lot of blood-bought, a lot in here are blood-bought, blood-washed, children of the king, right? But here's the thing. Do you really think that Satan's going to care that you're in hell with him or not? Not a chance. He's going to be so tormented himself, he doesn't care. He may paint a picture that he cares now. But let me ask you a question. How many marriages have been wrecked because he paint, Satan paints this lovely picture of somebody else the grass is greener on the other side? Or, okay, here we go. Now I'm getting pre preachy here. You ready? Here we go. How many... Lies has he ruined when he says, oh, just one more puff on that joint and it's okay. How many families have been ruined? Or, hey, just one more, one more drink of that alcohol. How many families have been ruined by just one more drink? Satan, the point is, whether you do those things or not, you've got to deal with God on that. True, right? But the point is, here's the thing. Satan likes to, to paint a beautiful picture of the things of the world and it's alluring and, and it's, satisf it's satisfying. But when I take the drink from the well that the Lord has given me, the living water, I'm not going to thirst anymore. When I break of that bread that He's given me, I'm not going to hunger no more. See, the promises of God are sure and true, right? They're the same yesterday, today, and always. You see, we must get back to the basics. The churches are losing the basics. They're focusing on entertaining people, right? They're focusing on how many, what do we need to compromise to get people in the door? Truth, right? They're, they're focusing on Okay, we're going to do this program and that program and some other program. They're focusing on the programs rather than Jesus Himself. We need to get back to the basics. And the first thing is that we need to recognize, and I'm sure that every person that is blood-bought, blood-washed, born again in here can see this, but we need to recognize that all men are sinners and need to be saved. That's right. All of us were once, that if you're not saved in here, then I challenge you to, to do so because it will radically change your life. Those who are listening on Facebook, if you haven't accepted Jesus, 
it will radically change your life. Well, that means I've got to get rid of some things. Maybe so. But maybe those are things that you need to be getting rid of anyways. Truth? Pastor, you're just you're stepping over the boundary. No, I'm not. God's telling you, look, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is the truth of the matter. And here, here, here's the deal with this, though. Not only do we have to establish that all men are sinners and need to be saved, but we need to also recognize that Jesus came to save sinners. Not just to become a plastic mold in a manger somewhere. Ooh. It's truth, isn't it though? He is a living Savior. He's at the right hand of the Father. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. I can honestly tell you, Brother Roger, I don't believe in a fairy tale. I believe in the real King of glory. I believe in the real God, the Father. No, He's not a grandfather up there with a big old beard, stroking his beard and saying, how can I bless people today? Just send me, send me a hundred bucks and I'll, I'll pray on a cloth and give it to you. That's not what it's about. He, he, he put the plan in motion for man to be saved. Why celebrate salvation? We're going to get into that. But look at, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12 first. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that showed, uh, should follow, unto, the, unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us, they are minister the things, uh, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which, bring, uh, which things the angels desire to look into. So the things that we see this morning is that Jesus came to save us, and this is what we need to celebrate. So let's look to the Lord in prayer before we get into the, the message this morning. Lord, I just pray that you'll just be with us this morning. Lord, just open our eyes and our hearts and our minds. May we glean from your word what you want us to glean. May we learn, Lord. May we, may we completely learn what you want us to learn this morning. Not what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. Lord, I just pray as we look at celebrating salvation, I pray that, Lord, we'll rejoice. Because, Lord, you came to seek and to save us who are lost and are lost. Lord, this morning, I just pray you'll just anoint my lips this morning. Remove me out of the way. And Lord, help me, Lord. Help me as I bring forth your message from your desk. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we start our journey this morning, let us celebrate because Christ has put away the past. What good news this is at the end of the year. 
television news reports summarize the past year. Newspapers publish photos from years through the past year. But here's the thing about it, guys. Jesus doesn't focus on our past. He brings our past where we were in him, before Him and reminds us where we were. But thank God, and I thank God, that where I was, I'm not anymore. I'm going to say it again. I thank God where I was, I'm not anymore. I thank God that the old man has passed away. Behold, the new man. The new man, right? I'm glad that He made me new by washing me by His precious blood and making me white as snow. Making you white as snow. Here's the thing. That's a miraculous work right there. Because the wages of sin is still death. Right? It's true, right? But who are, we are who are saved, we have that but to look forward to. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? We have that hope. We have that everlasting hope. But the world is still at the wages of sin is death. Truth. The world out there, the Satan, his dominion is out there, they still live under that wage. And I can honestly tell you this, if they're not saved, that wage is going to be paid in full no matter what because people say, well, why does God send people to hell? God doesn't. We've been established this time and time again since I've been here. Right, Brother Roger? God doesn't send people to hell. You do. You send yourself there. Why? Because you totally blow, out, blow off God. But there's some out there that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, their ears are shut. Again, God ordains the steps of man. Doesn't He? There's some out there that no matter what, they are bent like, oh, we're going to party in hell and that's where we're going to be. So, well, I'm just accepting it. Wow. Pretty sad, isn't it? And when God comes and tries to turn that light bulb on, you slap His hand away and says, oh, don't. Ah, I tell you. But, you know, newspapers publish extensive articles doing the same thing. But what if these events summarized your life? All these worldly events, Right? And you say, well, I've accomplished I'm a millionaire. I've got all I want. I've got this and that. I'd rather have Jesus any day than being a millionaire because I'm already a millionaire with Jesus. Right? There's not a car in this land that I, I could own that would trump my relationship with Jesus. You know, I don't have to be a pastor of a huge church to experience the fullness of God. I don't have to be a, I don't have to be a here, here's the thing. We don't have to be a member of a small church 
And you know what? And say, oh, well, we just don't count. We do count. We count as much as the big churches in God's sight. Truth? Here's the thing. We should not allow ourselves to be known for our worldly behavior. We should be known and leave a legacy behind that we have put Jesus in front of us every step of the way. We're starting, we're closing this, we're closing 2020 here soon. And people have said, well, 2020 has been a miserable year. I don't think so. I disagree. Well, how so, Pastor? You got the coronavirus and it shut, shut the church down for, what, three months was it? But in those three months, we've seen 14 people come to Christ. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to reach. In that time, we've seen people grow in the Lord deeply. But we've also seen people that are kind of teetering on their roots a little bit. We need to pray for those people, right? But you know, I don't want to be summarized by worldliness. I want to be summarized by godliness and righteousness and truth. Are there things you would like to admit from the year's replay? To be honest with you, you know what? I don't want to replay any of that. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? I don't want to replay any of that because you know what? It's covered under the blood and I don't have to. And these people that are stuck in the past need to get over it. <gasps> Pastor, is it truth? If you're stuck in the past, you need to get over it. Because God made things all things new for us, right? Why aren't we living in the newness of life? Why are we continuing the struggle in the oldness of life? Beyond me, but I can tell you one thing. As for me and my house, we're going to live for the Lord. We're not going to walk in God, uh, ungodliness. We're going to walk in godliness. We're not going to walk in a land where gossip's ever-present. You know what? God will muzzle the ox. He will do that. You know, my... Not trying to get political here. I don't like bringing politics up at all. You know that. But I'll tell you one thing. My hope is not built on a president of the United States. My hope is built on Jesus and His blood and His righteousness. My hope is not built on a church system. My, my hope is built on the God Himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. My hope is found on Jesus. Now look, I love my church family. I really do. But you know what? It's not about the people in the church. It's about the people who love Jesus in the church. You know what? There's too many churches out there today that compromise for worldliness to fill the seats. 
And they skip salvation altogether. And they say, well, you know what? We can deal with that after the fact. No, you can't. If they're not saved, blood-bought, blood-washed, they shouldn't be a member of the church. What do you mean by that? If they're still in sinful... Here's the thing. If they're still a child of the devil, how can they be a member of God's church and run God's church? Truth? This is harsh, isn't it? But it's truth. The Bible says you must be born again. I'm not going to compromise on that, Brother Roger. Because you must be born again to be part of the family of God. I'm not going to send a survey out in this community and say, what world, what do you want to see in a church? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, you know what? We're going to establish the church by the Word of God and His testimony, and that's the way this church is going to be run. Amen. That's period, end of sentence. And by the way, you've heard me say this before, but I want to say it again as we're starting to close this old year out. It's worth repeating, isn't it? I stand on the King James Word of God without apology or without any hesitation. The King James Bible is where it's at. And let me tell you something. When a preacher comes and says to me, well, you need to get rid of that King James Bible and bring in another translation. You know what? You need to get on your knees, fella. I know this is harsh, Brother Roger, but it's truth. Here's the other truth. You think you can find salvation in something else? Like Dr. Phil or Oprah? Really? Do you think that they died on the cross for your sins? Really? Do you think Fox News is going to settle your, your mind for Christ? Now look, I do listen to Fox News, but they're not my Savior. You know what? Even their news is tainted. <gasps> what? Yes, because here's the thing. The only news that, that we got is the good news. It is not tainted. And it's in the Scriptures. Open your Bible. Read it. It will give you all the information you need to live, move, and have your being. But let's celebrate because Christ is with us in the present. He's here right now. He's here in this place. He's waiting for you to just catch up with the program. Right, Brother Jim? He's waiting for you to just catch up with the program. He's waiting for you to say, hey, look, I yield myself totally to you. But pastor, I can't because I got this and I got that. Brother Roger, we all have baggage to bear, don't we? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Why are we carrying that baggage? Because He's already taken it for us. Oh, ouch. Truth, isn't it? His burden is so light. We need to cast all our cares upon Him. We're saved, we're blood-washed, we're blood and He's taking care of that for us. We need to celebrate our salvation. And how else is it? Okay, ready? Here it goes, and it's getting ready to get hard. 
get ready to curl up your toes because I had to curl up my toes on this. It's time for us to forgive people that have wronged us. Oh, pastor. Let me tell you something. I know by personal experience, if you don't start forgiving, it's going to hinder your Christian walk. Truth, brother? It's going to hinder you to the point you're going to become bitter. You're going to become... I love this illustration. Some people don't, but you're going to become that old man that's in the back pew that's got his lips all pursed up. Sour pickleitis, and he's just like, Don't talk to me. Oh Lord, I hope they don't talk to me. I have nothing good to say at all. That Johnny Jones last year cut my apple tree, and I'm mad about it, and I haven't forgiven it. How's that working out for him? You must forgive. Pastor, brother, what, brother Roger, what does the Bible say? About forgiveness? Yep. And he also says, forgive for you have been forgiven. Truth, isn't it? Can I say this in a loving loving way? I don't care what your past was. I care about, first of all, do you know Jesus? Second of all, I care about you growing in Jesus if you know Jesus. And third of all, I I care about your joy, that it will be full. I care about you being joyful in your Christian walk. Guys, the rest of it, we just need to let go and let God. We already are saved. We can rejoice in that. But He's with us in the present. Are we going to make our present miserable because of our past? Are we going to let our past define us? He saved us from that, right? You know, the devil likes to remind us of our past. He does, doesn't he? You know how many times that he just comes up and creeps, well, preacher, you know, you got this past thing. You know, let me remind you of this. And you know what I like to do with that, Brother Roger, Sister Chloe? You know what I like to do? And you've heard me say this. When Satan comes and reminds you of your past, I like to remind him of his future. We need to get settled on that, don't we? Whew. I know there's some that probably are watching on Facebook right now thinking, Preacher, you're just being nasty and negative. No, I'm not. I'm telling you, live in newness of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice because of what He's done for you and for me. But here's the thing. We get so caught up in ourselves that we forget who the Savior of the world is. What about Christmas? We get so caught up in the commercialization of Christmas, we forget who the Savior is. What about Easter? We get, again, we get so caught up in the commercialization, we forget why we celebrate Easter in the first place. It's because we have been saved and redeemed that we can celebrate the Savior's birth. We've been saved and redeemed because of what He did on the old rugged cross. Lastly, let us celebrate because Christ will be with us in the future. We as God's people have an everlasting eternal hope in Jesus. 
right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing about it all. Is that we need to remember that because of what Jesus did for us, He's gone to prepare a place for us. And that place is going to be beautiful. Read the Scriptures. And that place is where we're going to be experience freedom untold. Because we will be set free from the wages of sin permanently. We're already set free. But what I'm saying is we will be living in freedom in Christ. There will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. Sin will not be there. We don't have to worry about sin in our carnal nature. We need to focus on the future that we have in Christ. So guys, as we're ending this 2020, and as we end this Christmas celebration, we should remember that we should not end the joys of the Lord, which is our strength. We should rejoice in the Lord always. We should be celebrating Jesus and the salvation that He has brought. You know, stop, we need, it's time to stop being miserable and start being, and start being joyous. Again, it's time for us to stop being miserable. I don't care if we're like, well, pastor, you know, the coronavirus is really not making me feel very joyous. If you're focusing on the coronavirus, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Well, pastor, you know, you don't know what I've been through. Well, if you're focusing on your past, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Well, pastor, you know, doctrinally, I just... Uh... Guys, if we're focusing more on unscriptural doctrine rather than true biblical doctrine, we're focusing on the wrong thing. True? Well, Pastor, you know, I don't like this, that, or something else. I didn't say you have to be joyous and like everything in the world, but what I am saying is you need to focus on Jesus. He'll figure everything else out. Brother Roger, don't you think it's a good New Year's resolution? Remember I had that, that 2020 vision? I think we're going to repeat it again this year. Let's have our eyes completely focused on Jesus. Have that 2020 vision. I think we need to have that and continue on with that. But I also think, here's the thing. I also think that we need to focus on the main thing is the main thing. And that's Jesus. Let God figure it all out the rest. But let's rejoice in the Lord always. Because that's, He deserves all of it. I'm grateful for salvation. I'm grateful for the fact that He saved our souls and my soul. I'm grateful for every person that comes into the, to the doors of this church, this tiny church. But let me tell you something. Most importantly, beyond that, I'm grateful for what Christ did for all of us. Yes, Georgia.
Mm-hmm. Hmm. We'll be praying for you, kiddo. We'll be praying for you. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this day, and I thank you for your word. I thank you that, Lord, we can rest in you. Be assured in our salvation that, Lord, once you give it to us, it cannot be taken away. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. May we rejoice. May we rejoice in being in a new man. May we rejoice, Lord, in you always. Because, Lord, you deserve every bit of it. Lord, may we rejoice as a saved people and not a lost people. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.